Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Saturday, April 22nd. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith are with you, ready to break down the Saturday slate. Uh, Kevin Beach, by the way, traveling back home today, uh, so uh, he was uh, a late scratch today on the show, but uh, he's hoping to join us actually for an extra episode uh, during the week this week, and uh, if not, he'll be definitely back next Saturday. Uh, exciting Friday it was here on the uh, NHL uh, playoff uh, slate last night, uh, lots of intriguing uh, results. Uh, let's start with the Hurricanes and the Islanders. It was the first game, obviously, and uh, I'll tell you what, for uh, the first two periods, it was a pretty you know low event type of game. I mean, the shots on goal weren't very high through the first two periods, and you know it ended up being one one. Of course, after the first two periods, there was a crazy sequence there where the Islanders made it one nothing. Casey Sezikas got the first goal. It looked like the Islanders scored the second goal, but it was cleared off the goal line by Seth Jarvis, saved a goal for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and it stayed one nothing for the uh, Islanders and sure enough Jesper Faust gets a shorthanded goal for Carolina and right then and there you're really worried about the Islanders and if that's a huge momentum breaker for them they were this close to being up 2-0 and all of a sudden it's 1-1 third period rolls around you know it's a very very deliberate uh, you know a tight checking style of play we saw neither team was really willing to take too many risks too many chances uh, in that third period and it looked like we were destined for overtime in that game when all of a sudden it explodes for the new york islanders kyle palmieri tip in deflection and a beautiful one at, at that past anti ranta to give the islanders a two to one lead with under four minutes to go and then a break well i guess carolina product of them trying to push for the tying goal but uh, the Islanders take advantage on the uh, counterattack and the uh, transition opportunity. And Matt Martin, a goal that, by the way, uh, Antti Ranta should have had. It was a short side goal. He's got to stop that. But nevertheless, that was the backbreaker. Three to one Islanders. And it didn't stop there. Uh, as they poured it on, they added another one very quickly uh, last night and added that uh, four to one lead uh, against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, with the uh, Mayfield goal with a minute 49 to go. That was the empty net goal. Uh, by the way, that made it four to one. They had pulled the goalie down three one, Carolina, and then the crusher for anyone that had the under, whether it was under five or under five and a half, uh, in that hockey game last night. You think okay, four one. Even if you've got five five and a half, you're still a winner. Five, you got to push. They pulled the goalie. They got scored on four one. Game over. Just play out. Run out the clock. It's over. Four one Islanders. Nope. Right after that, Anders Lee buries one with 133 to go to make it 5-1 Islanders. Like, if you had under five or five and a half last night, that's brutal. That is a Hall of Fame-level bad beat. There is no doubt about that. That's that's horrendous for anyone that took under in that game because that game is 1-1 after the second period. Hell, it was scoreless after the first period. And to not get the win uh, with that bet is just painful. Pain is the word. Uh, you talk about the pain of a hockey player in, in the playoffs suiting up. How about the pain of an NHL better in the playoffs when they have an under five, five and a half, the game scoreless after one, one, one after two, and you don't cash. That's some pain uh, right there. So absolutely awful. But again, it's always the thing I'm worried about when it comes to uh, unders, you know, is that you get that late explosion 
uh, particularly in the third period uh, of playoff games, which goes back to the point we've made for years about third period overs. Now, third period overs, usually I don't uh, get involved with them too much until the elimination games uh, roll around. But uh, certainly we saw still, even in the non-elimination games, those third periods can be tricky especially in close games and things can still kind of get away from you. But uh, a terrible beat if you had the under. Uh, and the Islanders, credit to them. You know, 1-1 at third period. They're maybe this close. Like Carolina makes it 2-1. There's the, the game's over and the series is over. But they got that 2-1 goal. They pull away from that point and uh, they're back in the series. And for Alex and I, our little shot in the dark, little uh, bet that we made before the series, uh, correct series win order, that being all home teams to win every single game in this uh, Carolina-New York Islanders series is still alive through the first three games. Uh, Alex, what did you think there? Yeah, like I said on Twitter, we're still in there like Brazilian swimwear as far as that uh, home series ticket goes. But the thing is, you know, it, it's actually kind of a good point that you brought up about looking at those third period overs. If you feel like a game's not going to go to overtime between these two and you think you're going to see that explosion late, kind of, you know, be it one team wears down the other or just things just completely open up. The third period was probably a good look because now that we're seeing fives and five and a halfs, you're not laying, you know, 250 to, to pregame play a third period over. And certainly you can grab, uh, you know, the one and a half adjusted in the full game total uh, in the third period because of those low numbers. So that's a great look to, to, to have, not just, you know, focusing in on that. We'll talk more about that as we get into elimination games, of course. That's when we'll be playing those more frequently. But that's a, a solid look with that matchup. And like I said, it's just interesting how these two teams really play a lot like each other when they're at home. You know, and, and you meant, you know, we mentioned it about how Carolina last year, you know, they, the struggles that they had on the road. It doesn't. It's not a massive flip, right? It's, it does. It's not like they're oh, they're getting crushed six to one every time they go on the road, and they win four to two at home. No, it's they play the same style of hockey, but for some reason, you know, the last change or the environment, those little intangibles seem to you know creep up for one reason or another, and, and that's what what gives the difference to those home teams in those series. So, you know, like I said, it was a good handicap by us having that ticket. You know, it's a long shot of a play, but hey, we're, we're in business now with three out of, out of seven to go. So. Uh, you know, just hoping that that train continues to roll. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the East, uh, well, I've, I, I, I never wavered, honestly. And you knew, know that if you watched the show yesterday. I'm like, I don't care that Bergeron's out again or whatever. All Mark, whether he plays or not, he ended up playing uh, for the Boston Bruins, which actually was a surprise because I'm pretty damn sure they had announced Jeremy Swayman uh, as the starting goaltender for Boston already last night. But late change and All Mark was ready to go. Uh, and uh, he ended up starting last night for the uh, Boston Bruins, but still no Bergeron and David Krejci, a late scratch last night for game three uh, of that series. But so that's your top two centers right there out for the uh, Boston Bruins. But as we've seen so often this year with this Boston Bruins team, uh, it doesn't matter who's in. It doesn't matter who's out. Uh, this team finds a way. They've done it all year. Injuries, absences, suspensions. It doesn't matter. Uh, and off a loss in particular, this team has responded with one of their best games each and every time. And they did it yet again last night. The only question was, they did it all year in the regular season. Would they do it again in the playoffs? And they did uh, last night, responding after a bad performance, which has been rare from them this year. But a great win for them last night. 4-2 win. And the 4-2 kind of flattering to Florida because they got a couple of goals late when it was already 4-0 Boston. But 
uh, not really much more to add other than that. Pasternak was great. Marchand was great. You know, they pulled the weight for the uh, Boston Bruins. I thought the D was just stifling. You know, all those turnovers we complained about in game two for Boston, and they had egregious ones all over the ice. You didn't see that last night. Puck management was spectacular, was superb throughout the night for the uh, Boston Bruins. They put the puck in areas where their own teammates could get the puck, uh, not in areas where Florida, Florida could, uh, you know, get a takeaway and turn it into a, a transition rush the other way. Uh, that's the kind of hockey Boston's known for, and they got back to it last night. Just a thorough, complete team effort and back in control. Not totally in control of the series. It is still just 2-1, to one, but certainly much greater control of the series and home ice advantage back on their side again uh, with that victory last night over the uh, Florida Panthers. And for me, very happy to cash both the first period puck line and full game puck line, which was the best bet for me on the show yesterday with the Bruins. Uh, Alex, uh, just typical Boston. No excuses. Just show up and work, show up and win, show up and play, and get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it's, a, it's a workmanlike effort. That's what we expected from Boston, and they came through with that. Now, you look at Florida, you know, they, they pulled Lyon and, and brought in Bobrovsky for a bit, and you wonder, okay, now has that wheel started to, tick, to kick again? Are they going to go with Lyon in game, uh, game four, or are they going to go with Bobrovsky in game four? I don't think it matters at this point. Uh, if anything, you probably do go with Bobrovsky being the veteran see if he can give you a chance to even the series up going back to Boston. And, and you'd probably trust him to be the one uh, if you do even that series up to, to, to play game five in Boston. So uh, that would, it makes sense to use, like I said, there's a way to utilize when you have this two goalie system or, you know, a goalie debate, if you will. Uh, of course we saw how Minnesota blew that, but uh, Boston, you know, able to just kind of, you know, ride the storm. Florida should be able to ride the storm. There's a couple of teams, you know, LA is a team I wouldn't worry about. They had to make a goalie swap, but Florida making that change, I think that's probably where they're going to go now at this point, but I don't think it's going to matter too much. And For all the great wins and close calls we get on the backcast and I get live throughout the regular season, I got absolutely hosed on one yesterday. Goalie pulled, looked like Boston was going to easily pot empty netter, and all of a sudden, Puck bounces in, and Florida gets that goal to make it 4-2. They were reviewing it. Not really sure what they were ever reviewing. It didn't look like there was any kind of interference. It, it seemed like the whistle was uh, was going to be blown a little early. But actually, it's a, a good call because I hate seeing that when the ref just blows the whistle because he's you know he's a split second lost the sight of the puck. There was not, not enough time for him to wait before blowing that whistle. That that so that goal should have counted honestly, even though it, it it burned me from a live betting standpoint. I'm glad the refs allowed that goal because the quick whistle. It's one thing to do that, but you have to give at least two seconds to see that I can't see the puck anymore. You can't just blow the whistle immediately as soon as it goes underneath the uh, goaltender's pads. So kudos to the to the rest for getting that call right. Yeah, it was. And uh, we'll get to some refereeing that was dubious in the late game, by the way, in just a minute. But first, we'll talk Minnesota. Terry Edelman's Minnesota Wild. Uh, look, even for me on Dallas in the series, um, I figured it was a really good spot for Minnesota last night. And uh, I was on the Wild. Uh, last night, and uh, they got the job done. Arrested Gustafson, obviously, uh, in net, who was, once again, excellent. Now, he didn't have to face a ton of shots. They did a really nice job defensively last night, the Wild, and they did outplay the Stars, but uh, a nice win for Minnesota. What was nice, too, is, look, unfortunately, the only thing that went wrong for Alex and I was the Kaprizov, because I just had him to score a goal, uh, and, uh, of course, you took a shot with the hat trick. He did not end up, obviously, 
uh, getting on the scoreboard, but it was uh, Zuccarello. And you know what's funny is I took Zuccarello to get an assist because usually yeah, that's been <laughs> where he's chipped in offensively is setting up yeah. his teammates, not scoring. And sure enough, he has two beauty goals last night uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. But no, great performance. By the way, what the fuck was Marcus Foligno on last night? That guy looked like he snorted some coke or something before the game, or he was just like, uh, or just he was just like a man possessed, or he took some fucking Vicodin or uh, some kind of drug, I think, right before the game, because that guy was like a uh, a bat out of hell uh, on the ice last night. He was chirping the Dallas bench. He was, you know, his manic gestures all over the ice. I mean, that like he was just going ape shit last night. It's like he had speed in his system or something. I mean, my goodness. I mean, he was just uh, he couldn't control the guy. Uh, and he's ch- flapping his gums all night. He had a great game, by the way. Yeah. Very impactful, physical. Uh, of course, scored the uh, key goal there for the uh, Minnesota Wild in the second period. But it was just, yeah, absolutely. He was just, uh, he was flying yeah. last night uh, in that game. <laughs> you know, all over the place. Uh, he looked like he was bouncing off the walls of XL Energy Center uh, last night uh, during that game. Yeah, Ryan Suter. Uh, I-, I don't blame Wild fans for saying he sucks. I mean, he put that organization in peril essentially with that contract but uh, at least from a salary cap perspective which they're still trying to dig themselves out of right now but no solid win for minnesota back to the drawing board for the dallas stars i think what's very interesting going into game four alex is rope hints no points no shots invisible tyler sagan invisible jamie ben invisible um jason robertson invisible jason robertson looks lost without joe pavelski it's got to be said i mean without joe on the ice and we talked about how significant the loss of joe pavelski would be for the dallas stars he looks like he's lost his soulmate his best friend and on the ice he looks like a shell of a guy right now that we know jason robertson can be uh for the dallas stars and i don't care who's out you know that's no excuse for robertson being this pedestrian so far in the first three games of this series. You're a great goal scorer. You're a great offensive talent. You've shown us that the last couple of seasons. Find a way. I know it's it hurts. Pavelski's been your line mate all year. You've had excellent chemistry with him, but it's the uh, next man up league, and whoever the fuck's with you on that line, if you're Jason Robertson, you got to find a way to step up and make it happen, okay? Because you're too important and too valuable to this team to be this quiet and this silent uh, so far in this series. I don't care that now you're with Hints and Sagan. Get it done. Find that back of the net. Find ways to get to the traffic areas. Find ways to get to the slot, the the, the areas of the ice where you score at Stanley Cup playoff time. Too much periphery play, you know, from Robertson right now. Got to get to the middle of the ice more. Not doing that uh, well enough right now for the uh, Dallas Stars. And like I said, a whole lot of them. Sagan, Hintz, uh, Robertson, um, Jamie Benn. Uh, I, I don't blame Wyatt Johnson as much. A 19-year-old rookie, and he's on the road. I, I, don't, I don't fault him as much for having a rough game last night. He's young. But what about these veterans? It's time they step up here, and they're going to have to uh, in Game 4. With all due respect to Mason Marchman, it's a problem when he was your best forward last night. Okay? It's a big problem. So Dallas has to fix that. Alex, uh, but a nice win for Minnesota. What, what did you think? Yeah, like I said, you know, going into the series, this is when I had circled. Minnesota wins game three, the first game at home. And like I said, I had that – it was a gut feeling. It was There was no handicap to it. Like I said, you know, Kareel Kaprizov not even playing at 100%. But I just had that feeling watching game one that maybe he would show up and, and have a, a huge performance in game three. He did not. But thankfully, like I said, all the other players that normally don't chip in did. And on the flip side with Dallas, and the one thing I was worried about heading into the postseason with the Stars, the one thing that could, that could trip them up is, you know, the guys not showing up 
and, and you mentioned it exactly how how many guys are invisible. Rupe Hintz and, and Sagan and like even you know Jr. now looking lost about Pavelski, which is a, a great point and something to definitely uh, identify. He's already missed by not being uh, the net front presence for this team, right? On as far as those top forwards go and, and what he does on the power play. All that's being missed. But now you, like I said, you discombobulated arguably the best player on the team. Uh, and he's not, you know, familiar with, with, you know, getting adjustments, making the right adjustments on those lines. That's troublesome. Uh, now, thankfully, you still do have Jake Ottinger, who had a, you know, he laid an egg. He's going to lay an egg every now and then. He's still, you know, working, working things out, but he's still a good goalie. Still can steal you a, a game or two in this series, and, and game four is pivotal for both teams, but I think especially for Dallas. Dallas can't not afford to go back home down 3-1. And at this point, you you take the control of the series. And I think it's going to be a much different atmosphere, too, in the next century. It's a big difference between a 9 o'clock Friday start and what's going to be a 5 o'clock local time Sunday start. I don't think we're going to see the same energy necessarily. It's going to be hyped up. It's going to be loud. But I think it's just going to be a little bit different. And Dallas needs to jump out and take the air out of that building immediately in the first 10, 15 minutes of that contest. That's the way they're going to be able to win game four. Obviously, we'll be talking more about that tomorrow. But uh, it's it's a it's a good series, you know. Uh, I, I love, like I said, the chippiness, and the animosity, the crowd going super sucks. Like that, that's great. That's what playoff hockey is all about. And in this series, you know, the, the fans have gotten a little bit out of control, bickering amongst each other, especially if you see on social media. And I have no idea. I didn't even try to go out last night to see what the the, the feel of, of the town was. But I know it was buzzing and, and busy from about five o'clock last night all the way through, which is something you don't say too often about downtown St. Paul, even on a Friday night. So. Uh, like I said, just great, great, uh, great atmospheres from both both teams and, and a great series. And we end, of course, with Edmonton, L.A., probably the most entertaining game of the night, certainly the most dramatic. Uh, it's the only game that obviously went to overtime uh, last night in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. But uh, if you're Edmonton, that's a tough one to lose uh, for various reasons. Um, they did outplay L.A., outshot L.A., outchanced L.A., but at the end of the day, this isn't the um, – we win the game because we outshoot you. It's not the uh, more shots wins the game league. It's not the more chances wins the game league. It's more goals. And you've got to find a way to put the puck in the net at the end of the night and give Corpusalo a lot of credit. Uh, he was absolutely outstanding once again uh, in that, in this, you know, three games in this series, the Kings are up two one. And, um, you know, you could even say that the, uh, even in the game that they lost LA Corpusalo was phenomenal. He has had a really good series uh, for the, uh, Los Angeles Kings and showing everybody basically why uh, they ended up uh, trading uh, for him with the uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. Um, yeah, we thought this was a good goalie that was stuck on kind of a bad team, and, and it certainly looks that way with Corpus Salo. Now that he's on a much better team, look at him shining, playing extremely well. So to me, look, that were there some calls that went against Edmonton, you know, that they say McDavid got hit or slashed or during the games. Yeah, Deneau was kind of sitting on him and kind of should have been roughing or unsportsmanlike, something like that. It didn't get called. Yeah, and then they called an Edmonton penalty right after that. Were there a couple calls during the game that went against Edmonton? Yes. That shouldn't have gone against Edmonton? Yes. There's no doubt. I think they had a little bit of a bad whistle at times last night. Yes. The overtime goal, of course, which was won by Trevor Moore, uh, scored by Trevor Moore. Connor McDavid, you know, two goals from him. He had a good night. Uh, Dreisaitl's had a very good series so far for the Oilers. Again, played well enough to win. Overtime, though, Trevor Moore gets the goal. Bad coverage in front of the net, unfortunately, by my fellow Hamiltonian, uh, Darnell Nurse. I uh, hate to see that, but 
got to cover the man in front of the net better than that. So 3-2 LA, they won in overtime. And of course, we the controversy was, and we thought it was over, and then we realized, wait a minute, Edmonton's challenging, and then we realized what they're challenging, a potential high stick that took place right before the overtime goal. Now, if you look at it with all the replays, certainly all the angles TNT showed, although apparently Sportsnet in Canada, leave it to them to find this angle, showed an angle where it did look like the puck grazed the stick of Velarde. And it and it honestly did look like it maybe grazed the stick. But even in that zoomed-in <laughs> angle that Sportsnet had with it maybe grazing Velarde's stick, I don't even think you could 100,000% say for sure that it hit the stick. You know, it's still, there's that little, you know, 0.5%, 1%, whatever uh, of doubt. And that's the thing with a call like that. They called it goal uh, on the ice. And if they have even just 0.1% of doubt, you know, that uh, there's not irrefutable evidence to overturn it, they got to stick with the call. Uh, And that was goal. And and that's what ended up happening. So it's a tough one for Edmonton, tough pill, because I think there's, there's, they very well could have grazed the, the, the stick. There was that one angle that showed it did, but all the other angles, it didn't. There was no way you could tell that it grazed the stick that puck. So it's a tough call to go against Edmonton for sure, and a tough way to lose a game where you probably, you know, you carried the play a little bit more than LA did and had the better chances and had the better of the play for sure. But here we go again. It's kind of like Toronto fans in game one against Tampa where they were blaming the refs. Uh, and blaming the calls, not that their team sucked and wasn't ready to play right from the opening faceoff. That had nothing to do, uh, in some people's uh, opinion, with them losing game one against Tampa. Same thing last night with some Oilers fans, where the sole reason, the sole reason, the only reason that Edmonton lost last night in the in the eyes of some Oilers fans is that call in overtime that went against them, that no goal. And saying that they got screwed. They lost the game simply because of that. Here's your news flash for you. Okay? If you're if you believe that and you're an Edmonton fan, you need to be better as a team. And we've been raving all year about this team has suddenly found some secondary support and some depth in their lineup, especially up front, with to help out Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel. That's what we've raved about all season with the Oilers, that all these different guys that have stepped up for them uh, throughout the course of the regular season, other than McDavid and Dreisidel. 104 points from Nugent Hopkins. 83 points from Zach Hyman this year. Um, you know, Evander Kane, even in just 41 games, 28 points this year uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Well, how about in this playoff series? What have we seen uh, from these guys so far? Uh, Evander Kane last night, zip, didn't do anything. Zach Hyman, bad, bad point, hit, bad <laughs> hit, bad penalty, took a stupid penalty. That's about the only impact I saw him make last night in that game. Zach Hyman, one point in this series, zip out of Yamamoto so far in this series, nothing out of him. You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins last night, invisible, you know, really couldn't find him with a telescope last night. That's your problem, you know, th- that we got great seasons out of Hyman. We got great seasons out of well, Yamamoto's capable. Evander Kane was, a, I think, maybe the star of the playoffs last year for the Edmonton Oilers. And, of course, you know, Brian Nugent Hopkins, 100 points, and couldn't really see him make any sort of impact last night on the game. You need more from those guys. It's simple as that. They've got to step up. All right? This can't be the Connor and Leon show. A two-man operation does not win, all right, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Or I should say three-man, because I'll throw Bouchard in there. 
because he's been absolutely right. terrific. Yep. And again, an easy as fuck point prop winner again with Evan Bouchard last night uh, at minus 120. You just keep betting that every game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, three-man operation. You need more from the guy. These are guys that have – Nugent Hopkins is a 100-point player. He's got to step his game up. Simple. You know, and he's got to show he can do that again in the playoffs. Kane needs to do more. Hyman needs to do more. You know, you've gotten Connor with two goals last night. You've had Leon have a good, good series so far. You need more. And by the way, clear the front of the net, which they didn't do in the Trevor Moore goal. Or else you don't have to worry about that goal being reviewed because it wouldn't have gone in in the first place. So there you go. I mean, just be better defensively. Be sound in your in the front of your net. Don't be soft. Clear the front of the net. They didn't do it uh, on that overtime winner by Trevor Moore. So I get it. You're pissed off about the call. I think it, it's very possible that could have grazed the stick, especially if you look at the one angle. But I can't accept it. I can't take it. I can't listen to it. I cannot deal with it. People saying that's the only reason we lost that game, that overtime call. I cannot accept that. I will not. There's other reasons, and it's everything I laid out. Where's your secondary support all of a sudden that you've had all year? You haven't had it in the first three games of this series. Being hard, being tough in front of the net, not being soft. That's been an issue. Those are issues for Edmonton more than any sort of overtime call that went against them, Alex. Yeah, and, you know, and here's the thing too. It's just, and I, you know, I, I troll people online a lot, especially on Twitter when it comes to the Oilers and specifically Connor McDavid. It's not hatred toward Connor McDavid or even that team. It's more toward the Connor McDavid fans who think he can do absolutely no fucking wrong. It's just, it's just ridiculous how anybody has that look on any player uh, in any sport. Truthfully, and when you talk about it being the Connor and Leon show, the reason why that game even goes into overtime is because Leon Drysaddle takes the absolute dumbest of penalties. Penalties for an unsportsmanlike conduct right after the goal is scored. You put uh, you know LA right back on the power play. Kempe goes and ties the game up. So even your secondary star is putting you in the jackpot right now and, and, and putting you behind the eight ball. And this team has yet to really show they showed more life in game three than they did in, in, in uh, or sorry, period three than they did in, in the first two games, but they still have yet to just play a complete full third period, just you know, go full throttle and for whatever reason. They can't do that, and they played right into the hands of L.A. That game goes in overtime, which I'm very happy about because I had the draw at plus 355, 335, sorry, cash that. And then, you know, even when you look at the challenge for the game-winning goal, right, and they're looking for, you know, this this stick, you know, uh, graze, they spent about 10 minutes looking for that because it's the Oilers, and it's Connor McDavid, and if we can find a way to keep this game rolling, then, then we will, but they couldn't. You know, and, and, and then the the you know, like the fans all up in arms. Now it's like, no, you should have gotten overtime in, in this spot. You should have been able to 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 take the reins and, and win this game in regulation. If, if you're Edmonton, you know, they was they should have done exactly what LA did in Game One. You're supposed to shift that that momentum back your way, and they just did not put the effort together to do that. Like you said, all the secondary guys that are that are quiet now. You can't rely on just McDavid and Drysaddle to do everything for you, uh, especially when you have this Kings team that's not going to go away. That they're playing balanced hockey and they're getting more into a rhythm. And the further this series goes on, the stronger LA is going to get. The stronger Corpus Salo is going to get, as you mentioned. He's gaining his confidence and energy, and it just seems like that confidence shift. It's not so much them gaining the energy; it's almost that they're taking the confidence away from Edmonton uh, with every quality play they make, with every goal they score, with every good period they have. Uh, and Edmonton's just just letting it happen. You know, they're just laying back and letting shit happen, and, and it's, it's it's unacceptable. You think this team would have learned after last year, getting all the way to the conference finals and then getting swept 
how to, to manage this and, and playing this team just a year ago. No, they, they look like this is an opponent they're not even familiar with. And it's fucking division rival. So it, it's madness to me. And and I I would love to see like I said I don't really have a dog in the fight. I want the series to go six games, but I'd love to see LA go on and just run them out at this point. Wow. There you go. Run them out. Uh tired of the Edmonton team is uh Alex and uh the uh uh, the McDavid uh, adulation, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think the series is going seven. I actually like Edmonton in Game Four. Uh, I think after everything that went down last night, and again, still a very good road team all year, even with the loss last night. Uh, I think they were probably a, a good play tomorrow. The look we'll there is Edmonton tomorrow. first period. Everything yeah. Edmonton first period. If they don't come out out of there in the first twenty minutes with a, I would say a two goal lead. Yeah, they might be in trouble. They should, yeah, they should be us against the world because that's the, which actually should benefit anybody looking to bet Edmonton tomorrow is yeah. that they're probably feeling. Look at the penalties that went against us earlier in the game. McDavid's not getting a call, but they call an Edmonton penalty right after that. Oh, look at the overtime goal that they allowed to stand, even though we think it grazed the stick. Oh, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Damn that LA. They're getting all the calls and all that. They should come out pissed in game four and, and come out with the lead in game four in the first yeah. period. I agree. The first and, period. And yeah. they all, and they all clearly believe it because you heard Jay Woodcroft in the, in the post game. Well, you know the the greatest player in the world. I'll believe the away. greatest player in the world is three yeah. feet away. And then, yeah. and then and then he rolls his hand up. Well, he's not the fucking referee. He can't make that call just because he rolls his hand up. Now we're supposed to all just stop and say like, oh wait, Connor McDavid's got a question. Like not saying fucking first grade. Like get the hell out of here. And I like Jay. Jay's an articulate guy. He's intelligent. He's very well spoken. I do too. He's uh, a great coach. I but... love his press conferences. He gives you so much. Like he's not just one of those two word answer guys. Doesn't give you anything. He does. It's like a Paul Maurice type. He's actually right up there, you know, with guys like Paul Maurice that are going to give you really good press conferences. But that's a little bit of a can I have some cheese with that wine uh, moment there for uh, for Jay Woodcroft last night. That's for sure saying that. But uh, nevertheless, let's see if that fuels Edmonton, because I'm sure they're feeling a little bit. Well, I know they're pissed off, you know, after last night. They should be pissed off at just as much, if not more, at themselves, you know, than the refs or uh, the calls that were made last night. But. If anything, let's see if that fuels them for game four, because I do think they're sitting in a pretty good spot in a series that I still think is going seven games uh, between the uh, Oilers and the Kings, just like it did last year uh, between the two teams. All right, let's go to Saturday's action. We've got four games on tap. We'll begin with a afternoon affair, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific to get the Saturday started. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets. This is a 3 p.m. Central local time start, by the way, uh, in uh, Winnipeg. Uh, minus 115 home favorites are the Jets, uh, five and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. This is TBS, by the way, TBS for the uh, for three of the four games today in the U.S. Uh, the triple header, Vegas, Winnipeg, Toronto, Tampa, Colorado, Seattle. They're all TBS games. Rangers, Devils is the lone exception, which is ABC standalone game at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern. So as far as this one goes, um, look, uh, uh, a Winnipeg team that in the first four periods of this series, it was all Jets. Like Vegas did absolutely nothing in the first game. They got completely shut down. They looked like they were stuck in mud, couldn't skate with Winnipeg. I, it was so bizarre still to see that, especially when you watch the last two periods of game two, where all of a sudden Vegas comes back to life, taking the play to Winnipeg, winning puck battles, carrying the play significantly in the last two periods. And you'll have to ask yourself, like, where the hell was that? You know, in the first um, game and the first period of game two. And then all of a sudden, it looked to me like the uh, Vegas Golden Knights just got to their game. Uh, I thought Marcia So, Riley Smith, William Carlson, and in particular, Jack Eichel, and even more in particular, Mark Stone, 
had excellent games for Vegas uh, in game two, especially in the last two periods as they uh, came back from a uh, early deficit there uh, to take game two by a score of 5-2 over the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and look, they go from 20, 17 shots on goal in game one. I still can't believe I still can't believe that that they had 17 shots on goal on home ice in game one, Vegas. That's it. 17. <laughs> it's stunning how they were completely bottled up. And yet in game two and in game three or game two in the last two periods, they got to their game. They ended up almost having 40 shots on goal uh, in game two. So definitely some momentum for Vegas, but back home now, Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg team that uh, as all season, they've been very good on home ice, 26 and uh, 15, Vegas pretty good on the road, though, all things considered. 26 and uh, 15 for them on the road. But, uh, you know, pretty much even in, in home and road wins for Vegas. But there is a difference. Winnipeg does have more home wins. I think they're going to feed off the crowd early. I think Winnipeg in the first period does uh, appeal to me. I like the Jets early, first 20 minutes uh, here in this game. You can get it at minus 110, uh, even money. Um, you could even, if you really want some bang for your buck, go with the minus a half and you're going to get one hell of a price with that. But I don't think I want to get greedy this time, especially when the first period money line is just even money. Like if the first period money line was in that minus 140, you know, range or higher, I'd go for the minus a half. Uh, but I'm going to play it a little more safe here. Minus 110 with first period uh, on the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I do like them too in the full game, but I like the first period look a little bit more just because I think that first 20 minutes with the whiteout in effect, uh, the crowd on their side, back home after that tough loss. And also I want to point out, bounce back Hellebuck is a very real thing. You know, when he gets lit up for five goals, especially uh, in the previous game, not that it was all his fault. I don't think he could blame him for many of the goals. Rick Bonus said after the game, uh, I always say, throw me a freaking bonus here. Uh, the Austin Powers line, but uh, yeah, Rick Bonus after the game said, you know, it was just breakdowns uh, in front of our net, you know, and uh, we just uh, very disappointing in just how we defended in our own end in the last two periods. So none of the blame really placed on Connor Hellebuck. And if anything, he'll probably want to tighten up, play better in front of him. Uh, and I think he'll play and step up and have a much uh, better game. I, I don't have the numbers uh, and I, I was trying to find them for the show here before the game, because I can find them if I wanted, but I was so rushed and tight for time. That's why we started the show a little bit late, but I can tell you without knowing it for the, the exact record, his record in the regular season off a loss is great. Hellebuck and off, especially four or five goals allowed in the previous start. And especially in the playoffs too, he's been excellent in these spots where off a loss. And especially where he's given up four or five goals in the previous game, Connor Hellebuck's just been just razor sharp airtight. Uh, in the next start. So I like Winnipeg first period, full game money line split. Um, and I'm going to go with that, but I think I like the first period part of that equation just a little bit more. Alex, what do you think here? Game three, Vegas, Winnipeg. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm targeting to first period, but I'm going with the over one and a half. You can now grab this as low as a dollar five at a, at a few shops. I got a dollar 10 uh, yesterday evening. Uh, I, I don't see where this game starts off tight, especially with Winnipeg. Like I said, that whiteout atmosphere and an early start time to boot on that, I think that's going to be uh, absolutely electric, and, and we're going to see that energy translate right onto the ice, honestly. And I think we're going to see probably two, maybe even three goals. I, so I'd maybe sprinkle a little bit on that over two if you can find one of those at MGM or, or, or some of the books where you can adjust the totals. I think we see goals here early, and then we see things really kind of clamp down late that's why I want nothing to do with the side here. I wouldn't even play 
like I said, because I have the personal bet of three games in this series to go to overtime at eight to one, I'm definitely not playing this draw individually because I'm seeing it as cheap as minus 300. And that is my absolute floor for betting a draw. Uh, anything below 300, I'm not going to bet that individually. And then we might actually start seeing that if we see some lower score games and we see this game go to overtime, we might see a 280 or 290. Uh, price at some point at some of these books. So that is something I don't recommend. I like that prop at, at plus 300 or better at any point of the, of the of the year, regular season or playoffs. So that's something to keep a note of. But uh, I do think this is a close enough game, and I think we can cash at least one of the three OTs we need finally uh, in this series. Well, no, actually, we have one. We need two. So uh, Vegas and Winnipeg, I like a close game. I like goals in the first period. So we're going first period over, but I think things will slow down. We might even have time to grab a live under potentially depending on how that first period shakes out and, and see where things go in the second, uh, but nothing on the side here. All right. Nothing on the side here for Alex with uh, this one, as far as the uh, uh, Vegas and Winnipeg, but does like the uh, first period over. Um, I don't know if, I, like I said, I, I, I was expecting to be betting some draws here uh, in this uh, series. And uh, I was on the draw in each of the first uh, two games. Um, I get the sense this one, I don't know if it's for sure going to go to overtime. I could see Winnipeg, winning and not it needing overtime. I think to be able to win in regulation, I think they might be able to do that. So I might lay off the draw. I'm always tempted because of the nature of how these two teams are capable of playing. But uh, for me, I think I'll just stick probably with the uh, first period and the uh, full game uh, money line looks toward the uh, Winnipeg Jets. As far as props go uh, for this uh, game, there are a couple. I think at home here, Kyle Connor. I mean, just go with the guys you really trust i mean kyle connor mark shifley i think here especially at home mark shifley is one of those players lately he's been doing most of his damage at home uh they're good goal props i think the value on mark stone who got his game going uh in game uh number uh two for the uh, vegas golden knights he got really rolling offensively there late is you can get him as high as plus 260 plus 275 even you know to score a goal i think for a guy that got some uh, swagger back uh, in the last game that's not a bad option to look at a mark stone goal prop here either uh for the uh, vegas golden knights uh, in this one this might be a good save prop night too for the vegas goalie we assume it's going to be laurent brossois again obviously so uh definitely i think brossois over saves very much interested in that as well all right let's turn our attention to the east because this is the next game on the uh, slate tonight toronto maple leafs tampa bay lightning this is 7 p.m eastern the second of the three tbs games uh, we've got uh, Toronto slight road favorites here, minus 120, uh, and the total six and a half here. The latest from Tampa Bay's camp is that it looks like Hedman's playing tonight because he took the ice for the morning skate for the uh, Lightning. So that sure looks like a clear-cut indicator, you know, fairly fairly clear-cut anyway, that uh, he's going to make his return for the uh, Lightning. And after what we saw in game two, not a moment too soon, uh, that he returns to the lineup for uh, Tampa Bay tonight. Uh, Eric Chernak is out, though. It looks like Mikey Acemont, who, of course, came over from San Jose at the deadline, may play here as well. This is one of those games where, look, I still think Toronto's better this time around, um, but I'm not, um, off a loss like that, I'm not in a rush to bet against Tampa Bay coming back home in a series that could have that back-and-forth feel. So I really want nothing to do with the side, nothing to do at all uh, with the side. I think if you like Tampa, you go the first period route. I think that's your better option because – uh, I could see Tampa the fast start. Toronto climbs back into the game, maybe even comes back to win it. Uh, but I do think early in the game, after the uh, shellacking they took in game two, and especially with the prospect of Hedman uh, returning to the ice here tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, that the first period probably uh, Tampa Bay is worth a look here in this one. But I'm off the side. I'm looking at the over again 
uh, in this game. Now, I got six at minus 120. I don't think there are any sixes out there right now. I think it's pretty much moved to six and a half everywhere right now. So um, I still endorse it, but, you know, just having the six was, you know, it's a nice comfort, you know, in case for some reason it's a 4-2, you know, final score like we saw with Florida and Boston last night. But it is worth noting, we saw these teams just go into get into a firefight and a track meet up and down last year in their first round series head to head. And we saw every game go over the total until game six. The first elimination game of the series is essentially the first time we saw things slow down and the defense and the focus uh, on playing an airtight, solid game defensively was on display. It took until game six last year between these two teams for that to happen. Every game until then went over the total. So, Already first two games of this series this year have gone over. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, that's where I'm going over the total. Alex, uh, Toronto, Tampa. Yeah, it makes total sense to, to look over the entire way until this gets into uh, the same box of the championship rounds. As you get to the elimination you know, stages of five, six, and seven, that's when we tend to see this these two teams kind of tighten up. That's what they did last year, game six and seven going under the total. But with this matchup, this is one I'm probably just going to stay out of altogether. Like I said, I could, you can make a case for the first period over. You can make a case for the full game over here. But I think we might see a little bit more of a slower pace potentially, uh, especially if Tampa Bay. Obviously, this is going to be one of those games. If Tampa Bay wins, it's, it's going to be Vasilevsky ceiling, right? That's the way that I, I feel. We're going to see him bounce, bounce back and play a much tighter game. But I just don't trust in that i don't trust in the defense in front of him or the lack of defense i should say in front of him and uh like i said i think toronto can carry this momentum on the road they should be able to uh so i would i would have to lean if i had to bet anything it would be toronto money line but i think i'm going to stay out of this one and, and try to chip away at it alive most likely all right looking at maybe a live a bet here for uh, alex with the uh leafs and the uh, lightning uh, here in this one uh i i i think that we will get one game in this series go to over not last year the same thing game six was the first overtime game uh, of the uh, series uh between it was the only overtime game i think it's going to be later in the series we see an overtime game i just the way this has started especially with teams off you know lopsided losses you know i don't love the draw on games like that in the playoffs because the lopsided loss sometimes the tendency is we see another one uh, in the next game not always that tighter you know close game so th this is a tricky game it really is because we know Tampa off a loss for all these years. They've been in the Stanley Cup playoffs, going to the finals three years in a row, winning the Stanley Cup two of those three years. That They've been money in the bank off a loss, and I'm very hesitant to bet against them off a loss. So, But I also think, you know, Toronto's, Toronto's just, I think they're better. I do. I still think that, even though game one was brutal for them. So uh, that's why I don't have to bet it. We can watch see how this game goes. Bet the side, that is. Uh, you know, we can watch and see how it starts, and we can uh, go from there. Um, maybe the first period, both teams to score. I might sprinkle on. We'll see. Uh, I could see that hitting. I think this might be one of those games where that both teams to score first period definitely might be worth a look. I could see well, each team finding the back of the net in the first. I certainly think Tampa will coming off the uh, blowout loss on in game two back home. They could uh, strike early in the game, but I think Toronto could as well. So that first period, both teams to score nice plus price too, plus one fifty. You know, in some books there with that first period, both teams to score. So that's definitely something that appeals to me a little bit there uh, in that game. And as far as props go, I think there are some props for Tampa that appeal to me in that game because I think when you look at it, who's got to step up? Gucharov, Braden Point, you know, Stamkos. Uh, you know, those are the guys that are going to have to deliver tonight, you know, after a 
blowout loss like they had against Toronto in game two. So don't overthink it. I think if you're going to bet Tampa props, especially the goal props, point props, uh, that's who you focus on. You focus on Nikita Kucherov, focus on Steven Stamkos, you focus on Braden Point. I thought Braden Point was very quiet in game two. That's very unlike him uh, to be as uh, unnoticeable, you know, as he was uh, in game two. So in particular, Braden Point, I think, might have a, uh, at least one goal tonight, maybe more than that uh, here tonight in this game. Uh, but again, getting Victor Hedman back is huge, uh, obviously. They miss Chernak, too. I mean, don't sleep on Chernak being out uh, either. That's a physical defenseman, good in his own end, plays the body, uh, is very, very uh, re responsible more often than not. Um, sir, it, I'm, uh, huge they have Hedman back for sure. But the Chernak loss is also you know, one that um, definitely they miss as well, because especially at playoff time with what he can deliver uh, on the uh, blue line. And obviously the goaltending matchup will be uh, most likely the same, of course, Samsonov and uh, Vasilevsky. Uh, great stuff. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it. 210 live viewers here on YouTube. And shout out to everyone listening on the uh, podcast version of the Ice Guys show as well. We'll be back with the uh, remaining two games on this Saturday slate right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right. Good stuff indeed. Uh, I'm scaling back, by the way, a little bit on the uh, player props today. That's why I haven't mentioned a ton of them here. Uh, we went a little crazy with the goals and the assists last night. And in some of these games, we didn't see it, uh, obviously. So, yeah, we're, we're being a little more cautious here today with the uh, player props. But if you ask me in the first two games, like I say, uh, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley in the Winnipeg for the Jets. I think Mark Stone for Vegas uh, and Braden Point for Tampa Bay are probably some of my favorite prop players today. I mean, those ones I, I feel really strong that they're going to make an impact. Uh, for their uh, respective teams here uh, in the games tonight. All right, next up, we've got the uh, New York Rangers and the uh, New Jersey Devils. This is the one game that is not on the Turner family of networks today. This is on ABC, their Saturday night game, uh, Rangers and Devils, uh, with uh, Sean McDonough, Ray Ferraro, Emily Kaplan on hand. Actually, I've got this wrong. It should be uh, New Jersey listed first, and it should be game three, not game two. We'll change, clean that up. Uh, we've got... Uh, the New York Rangers now up to minus 155. Am I seeing that? Yeah, minus 155 in some spots. So this already opened minus 140 uh, on the uh, Rangers here. And now we're seeing minus 155 uh, home favorites here, the, uh, New, uh, the New York Rangers here uh, in this game. So a lot of money coming in on the uh, Rangers, people reacting to what they saw in New Jersey. Was this team with all that playoff experience, playoff pedigree, just looked like they were outclassing. 
uh, the uh, New York, uh, De the New Jersey Devils. And certainly there was an element of that in game uh, one and two. It looks like it's a Rangers team with the playoff experience taking on a Devils team that's just, you know, wide eyed and just seeing this playoff stuff for the first time. There's definitely some truth to that. But to me, this is not just about experience versus inexperience. This is about physicality and a level of toughness that you've got to bring to the dance at Stanley Cup playoff time that New Jersey's been unable to match. I think New Jersey's played soft physically. I think from a physical standpoint, they're getting manhandled in this series. Let's be honest. The one thing about the Rangers is not only do they have the, the weapons, you know, with Chris Kreider, who's had an incredible series. By the way, how do you not just take his goal props right now? They can't defend him. Like, they don't have the physicality to handle that guy in front of the net, especially on the man advantage right now, uh, the uh, New York, uh, the Devils. They can't handle him. So I think you got to take Kreider props again. Adam Fox assist, we've talked about that, continues to be worth a look uh, in this series. This is a good prop game for me, definitely, uh, in this one. Kane and Tarasenko, of course, made an impact in game two. Zabanajad's the only one that's been pretty quiet, but, you know, especially back home, don't be shocked if he even finds his game uh, and makes a uh, hits the uh, score sheet here tonight for the uh, New York Rangers. But, you know, the Devils definitely have had their share of struggles in this series. Um, but they have been very good on the road. I think there's a level of we're not quitting. I don't think they're quitters, the Devils, for as young a team as they are. I don't think they're going to roll over completely. I, I actually do think the Devils are worth a look in the first period tonight. But that's it. That's as far as I'm going with it. Because if they don't, have a good first period tonight. Say the Rangers are up one nothing, two nothing, two one, whatever. They're feeding off the MSG crowd. It's over for them. The game is over, and most likely the series is over uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils. If it's not going to be there for them, a step up effort, boxing out in front of the net, which they've not been able to do, staying out of the penalty box, which they've not been able to do. If all of that shit doesn't show up for them early in this game tonight, it's curtains. So to me, to me, New Jersey's not winning this game without winning the first period. So that's why I'm attacking the first period here in this game. They're not winning the game without winning the first period. I don't see them on the road already being down two zip. This great Rangers team, this great goaltender and Igor Shesterkin, who's been excellent in this series. I don't see the Devils coming back from an early deficit. If they win the game, they're winning the first period because they started well. That's the way I see this game going. So I will take that shot with that desperate team down 0-2 uh going on the road where the devils have been better hell they maybe even be more relaxed on the road who knows they have played great hockey away from home this year the devils all season long so i'm going to grab a little plus 120 with the new jersey devils here in the first period uh and i'm also going to go to the over for the full game uh, over five and a half here at minus 120 there's been no adjustment with this total so far in this series both games have gone over the total i'm usually in a playoff series, you see the first two games end up 5-1, uh, 5-1, uh, and both games go over the total. Usually you see up the, the total get it bumped up to six more often than not. But you didn't see it, and I, I continue to be stunned by that, that they have just not bumped this total off the five and a half that we have seen so far throughout this series. So, hey, if they're not going to move it off five and a half, I'm happy to bet it. Very happy to bet it. So uh, Devils Rangers over five and a half here for me, minus 120. And I like Devils in the first period, plus a 125. And like I said, with the props, I think on the Rangers side, you stick with the guys that are rolling for you. Kreider, uh, Fox to get an assist. 
Um, I definitely think that. I think Philip Heedle now back home because I think he did a lot of damage at home last year in the playoffs. Philip Heedle, he did score the empty net goal in game one. I think Philip, this is a time for Philip Heedle uh, to step up, to get back on track as well, or not back on track, but make an impact and find the uh, back of the net. For the Devils, I mean, you look at it, it's everybody. Jack Hughes, other than the penalty shot goal he had in game one, he's been very tepid uh, in this series. If it's if there's going to be some kind of uh, thrust in back into the series, it's got to come from him uh, here tonight. I like Eric Howla's game. Eric Howla has been very noticeable for New Jersey. He's been one of their better forwards, even in the two losses. Uh, at plus 375, a little I bet MGM, a little sprinkle for him to find the back of the net again like he did in game two. I don't mind that. Uh, whatsoever. So uh, definitely like him that you, I, I'm kind of interested maybe in a Shesterkin over saves too, because this is one of those games where New Jersey's got to fire everything they can at the net, but they've had a problem generating shots. That's the only fear I have. They've had a problem generating shots. They've had a problem, you know, with puck possession, you know, devils in the first two games, they've only had 23 and 28 shots on goal. You know, that's not going to, you know, cash an over saves props. So in theory, this is a, a spot where you should expect New Jersey maybe to be on the, uh, attack, you know, to carry the play a bit more, being the desperate team down 0-2. So that's my thinking and leaning was Shesterkin over saves, but it's not easy to pull the trigger when you see just how uh, uh, low the shot volume has been for the uh, Devils in the uh, first uh, two games uh, of this uh, series. And the big news for New Jersey is uh, in net. I know Pearl of Wisdom is probably doing a, a, a happy dance in his home right now uh, at the news that Akira Schmid uh, is going to end up starting in goal here for the uh, New Jersey Devils, that uh, the Savior has come to rescue this series for the uh, New Jersey Devils uh, here with uh, per in Perlo's mind uh, with Akira Schmid. Now, look, his numbers this year are solid, very solid, very good, actually. But come on, it's playoffs, it's on the road. Let's see what he's made of, you know. We have no idea how he's going to play. Uh, and I think uh, until proven otherwise, you know, we're going to see if how much better he is than uh, Vitek Vanacek, if at all. You know, this is his chance to prove it. And this is a chance for Perlo to, you know, he's he's gone on and on and on on Twitter the last two days about mm -hmm. Akira Schmid being a big-time difference maker and the much better option uh, in net for the New Jersey Devils. Well, let's take a look tonight. Let's see. Let's let's watch. Let's see uh, if uh, he can step up for the Devils in their time of need because, obviously, they lose this game series over. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Devils-Rangers. I'm on three players right now, but once – Schmid is confirmed officially. I will have probably as many as eight plays on this on this game in this series. Right now, I have the first period over one and a half. I got that at minus a dollar twenty. Uh, you shop around, you can find that a little bit cheaper, dollar fifteen range, dollar twenty. Uh, like I said, New Jersey, if they're going to show any kind of life, they have to do it in the first period. There's going to be goals. I think that we might see goals both ways, but New Jersey's going to have to help chip in. So that's why I'm looking at that first period over. Should have cashed in game two. We got it in game one. And it really should have been four goals in, in game one with the pace that they were playing with. So I, I anticipate that to continue. With that being said, I'm also on over five and a half. Uh, like I said, they're, they're still giving it to us. We're still going to take that as well. I also like Rangers team total over three and a half at plus 115. I'm seeing it as high as plus 121, 125. Love that play more than anything else, regardless of who starts in that uh, this Rangers offense has just been clicking right now. And it's hard to see them. Even if they lose, I could see this mean if New Jersey can get off to the start, they need to get off to, right? It has to be a hot start early. There's going to be goals. So it could easily be a six, four devils win. We cash our three and a half over with the Rangers. So I, I feel very comfortable in that hitting regardless of how the game ends. But if it is officially Kira Schmid, I will be looking at taking a little piece of Rangers to sweep at four. Oh, at plus 200 
Uh, that's at Bet MGM. Rangers to win series 4 1 at plus 300. I'll be playing that small. I'll also be looking at Patrick Kane props. Uh, Kane, anytime goal scorer, plus 210. Kane, power play points over a half at plus 175. Uh, I definitely think that this would be a very bad move to start Akira Schmid, and it would pretty much signal the beginning of the end uh, for this Devils team, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, I think I think we're probably going to see that happen based on on the likelihood. Like I said, you know, a couple of places had already kind of confirmed that I'm seeing daily uh, faceoff has it as likely. If that's the case, then okay, uh, you know, this is the uh, the way they want to play it. The Rangers will probably put put it into the series uh, by the weekend. So, like I said, already on three plays, but that could increase to like I said, almost as many as eight uh, once that is officially confirmed. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, Schmid this year again, but again, limited sample size, 18 games. Numbers are decent. He's, he's not uh, that guy. Akira yeah. Schmid is not that guy, right? That, that's yeah. in full stop period. He's not that guy. He's not that guy. Well, last year, uh, 833 save percentage and a 4.83 goals against average. So, you know, that's why. I mean, you, you actually combine it this year's better numbers, which are better for him, with last year's numbers. You know, it's still not exactly someone that, wow, I've got their huge boatload of faith and confidence in them in a game we've got to win uh, here tonight in this game. So uh, we'll see how it goes for the young kid, but tough spot to be in uh, here, you know, with your team obviously down 2 nothing now going on the road. But I do like them in the first period. I still do New Jersey here tonight. I think in the first 20 minutes, that's where they got to show it. That's where they've got to come out with that urgency uh, here tonight in uh, game three. Uh, all right, next up, the final game of this uh, Saturday slate. West first round, game three. What an atmosphere at Climate Pledge tonight. It should be in Seattle, the first ever home playoff game in franchise history for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Colorado minus 150 road favorites, uh, six the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, a very hectic 24 hours for John Forslund and Eddie Olchick in particular. They were calling Edmonton, L.A. last night for TNT. They're actually doing this game, not for TBS, though. They're doing this game for the local Seattle broadcast, uh, of course, of this game for uh, Root Sports uh, Northwest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're on the local call. I think it's Alex Faust and Patrick Sharp for uh, TBS tonight for the uh, Avs and uh, the Kraken. But I can't wait to see this atmosphere uh, here tonight uh, in uh, Seattle. Uh, it should be uh, electric, you would think. I mean, first-ever playoff game. I find that at times in the regular season, the Seattle crowd has been a little bit quiet, not quite a little tepid, you know, in terms of the fa the noise, but I don't expect that tonight. This is the first playoff game and at home in franchise history. You're in the playoffs. Now keep in mind, Seattle had a very mediocre home record uh, this year as well. So, you know, that probably played a part in it as well, as far as the, uh, the noise factor uh, is concerned uh, in the arena. But uh, certainly I think they will be uh, fired up in uh Seattle, the Emerald City for this first home playoff game. And if you look at, at the first two games of this series and you look at all the matchups in the regular season between Colorado and Seattle, you will find that there is Seattle has not taken a back step all that much to Colorado at all. You go back to October this year, 3-2 Seattle. They won in Colorado. Uh, then in Seattle, Colorado returned the favor with a narrow 2-1 to shootout victory. Then in Colorado, Seattle won again, 3-2 in overtime on March the 5th. And in the first two games of this uh, playoff series, Seattle with a 3-1 win uh, in game one. And then Colorado, even though they were a lot better, uh, especially in the last two periods of game two, and they won 3-2, it was not an easy game. You know, they still had to hang on at the end just to preserve the victory. I mean, 
we have seen enough now with these two teams that I ain't laying minus 150 with Colorado tonight. You know, especially when I think this Seattle team uh, is going to come out flying uh, for the first home playoff game. This is another first period angle for me, kind of like with Winnipeg. I really do like Seattle in the first period uh, here tonight. I think that first period, you get their best uh, flying uh, in front of the home fans in that first 20 minutes. Uh, coming off the loss as well, I think you get that great effort early in the hockey game uh, from the uh, Kraken. Uh, Colorado's a great road team, there's no doubt. I mean, 29-12, and 12, outstanding. Uh, on the uh, road. And we know Seattle's been mediocre at home, which is why I really am focusing more on the first period look here uh, with Seattle. I think that's the best way to approach this uh, matchup tonight. They have the strong start uh, after the uh, loss in game two. Uh, you think they want to come out flat, come out lethargic, come out uh, playing bad hockey uh, in the first period of their first ever home game in franchise history in the postseason? I think not. So I think that first 20 minutes is where you're going to get Seattle really uh, playing on their toes, on their game, pushing the play. I don't think they like that they, you know, finally let that Colorado attack come at them in waves, and especially in the third period, where it finally looked like last year's Avalanche team that won the Stanley Cup. It took really until the third period of game two uh, to see that, uh, but you saw it with McCarr and Byram and Taves getting involved in the offense, activating from the blue line. Uh, obviously, McKinnon and uh, Rantanen uh, doing their thing. Uh, Devon Taves with the big uh, game-winning goal, uh, 3-2. I am still concerned tonight and moving forward in this series, Alex, about this depth third line and fourth line uh, or lack of scoring for Colorado. You know, they've still got to worry about that a little bit. A lot of this has been top-heavy so far. McKinnon and Rantanen and the defensemen scoring a lot of their goals so far in this series. I mean, they've got to still get a little bit more from your third and your fourth line where Seattle, you know, they got something from their third and their fourth line in the first two games in the series. The Morgan geeky goal in game two is a, a perfect example of it. So uh, I like this uh, Seattle first period. Look, I mean, at some point you'd like to think we're going to get a high scoring game between these two teams, but regular season and playoffs combined, we're now looking at what five and O to the under between these two teams. And none of the games have totaled more than five. So I'm off the total. Uh, I'm going to have to see an over before I'm ready to bet one at this point with these uh, two teams right now. And let's keep in mind, too, these are two goaltenders that, especially in the last game, really on top of it. Georgiev was outstanding when that game yes. was two. Yes. Man, some of the saves he made, especially in the second period late and when Seattle had that power play. And then there was a shorthanded odd man rush the Kraken at, and he made an incredible left right pad save going post to post. And of course, Grubauer, that's why I think it might be tough to see overs in this series. This guy's playing with the chip of the world on his shoulders after Colorado cut bait with him two seasons ago. Grubauer wants to stick it to them. So you got two pretty damn good goaltenders right now going at it. So tough to bet an over when you see that. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Game three, a good one, Colorado, Seattle. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like you say, yeah, the goaltenders were playing their asses off in that game, especially Grubauer in that third period, the saves that he made. To, I mean, it was just, it was just absolutely unbelievable. So, like I said, we, it's going to be tough to get goals in bunches, but I think we're going to see scoring early. And, and I like the first period over here, and it's the same thought process you have with looking at Seattle first period, right? Like yep. that crowd momentum and that atmosphere, it's the first time ever. One of two things is going to happen. Seattle's going to ride that wave. And get off to a hot start, score some goals, get out to a lead. Or Colorado, the experienced defending Stanley Cup champions, are going to know how to take that air out of that room, and they're going to come out with a couple of goals there. And not only yeah. that, too, but with Colorado, you said coming out strong with the experience. No. It also could be there's too much adrenaline. 
there's too much, you know, excitement right. and just, yep. you know, just you're so you, giddy you get, you get that, that, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You make mistakes. Yep. You see that happen quite often. Think about teams who haven't made a playoff run in years or made a playoff appearance in years. That first game, yeah, you tend to see that burnout kind of thing. So it happens every now, every once in a while too. So that's it. Kind of what I, I'm leaning toward. If I had to play it, that's why I want nothing to do with the side. And even Seattle, I, I wouldn't lean towards Seattle sides tonight because that burnout factor could be huge. And if Colorado jumps up to a 2-0, lead, Seattle has the horses to come back. Not necessarily come back and win. So I don't want anything to do with, with a side here. Total full game staying away from two. Like you mentioned, we haven't been seeing uh, scoring happen late. And the fact that they haven't moved this thing down kind of makes me wonder, this might be the game we see the explosion of goals. Maybe we see this one go way over the total. And, and the books know that because they know if you set a five and a half here now and it goes over, well, then they just come right back to six. Now they still have wiggle room to, if this is a big enough, uh, explosion of goals. Game four is going to be a six, and it's probably going to be juiced higher over, maybe even start looking at six and a half. So definitely want to stay away from the total there on uh, the full game, but definitely want to rock the first period total. I got it over one and a half minus a dollar ten. Uh, back to the well with the first period over for uh, Alex here with uh, Colorado uh, and Seattle. Uh, should be interesting to see uh, how this uh, game plays out, but uh, definitely uh, exciting atmosphere is what it should be in uh, Seattle uh, for the first uh, playoff home game in uh, franchise history. Uh, and uh, you know what's funny about and puck luck? It's a good point. Grubauer, the home numbers for him this year, they're not great. But let's be honest, Grubauer's numbers altogether for much of the season weren't great. Right. You know? But this has been a great Grubauer in the first two games. He's been excellent. You know, he, he's been mm -hmm. he was phenomenal in game one. I don't even think he was that bad in game two even no. though they lost 3-2. I thought in the third period, he was doing all he could for as long as he could to keep that game tied. There's one thing, one puck he'd want back. The bad rebound, he spit back out, which led to Taves scoring that 3-2 goal. He had a real shoddy rebound there. You know, you got to control yeah. that a little bit better. But other than that, I mean, you can't complain about the way he played. And Yeah, great point of that because I actually had Seattle to score next goal when that goal came in, and it was off of the momentum of – uh, Grubauer making those saves. I thought they were going to be able to ride that wave, and they had every, everything going in their direction. But they like said just one one mistake by Grubauer, and, it, and it, it backfired on him. But he's played well, and this is arguably the healthiest we've seen Grubauer. Right? Like he's dealt with these injuries off and on all season, and in and out, in and out, kind of recovering from things. So this is the healthiest Grubauer we've seen as well, and that's something to kind of take consideration when you're looking at his you know numbers during the regular season. He wasn't playing at, at full strength like he is right now, so you got to take it a little bit of grain of salt. Yeah, there is, by the way, and in the NBA, I know there's people that buy into this theory big time in a playoff series. And I think even in the NHL, there's some people that look at this. When the first two games in one venue, both of them stay under or they go over, a lot of people like to look at the opposite in the game three in the in the in the change in venue. So for instance, and I'm look, I'm going against the grain with that theory with Devils Rangers. I've been on the over in the first two games, and I'm sticking with the over in game three. But I know there'll be some people thinking, first two games in Jersey go over, change in venue, you know, very important game for the Devils. This is the one that goes under after the first two games went over. And then there's some people that'll think after, for Colorado-Seattle, first two games in Denver went under, change in venue. Uh, it'll Now all of a sudden we'll switch and see an over tonight. 
uh, in game three. There's people that handicap that way. Multiple people I know that handicap playoff series that way with totals. First two stay under. They change venues, but it's the opposite that happens in game three. So uh, keep that in mind. But uh, I, I still treat individual matchups. But uh, I know there's people that buy into that. If this this particular game, Colorado-Seattle, goes over tonight, I would be looking at under in game four because, like I said, we're still going to see a six, maybe even a six and a half. That's what I would, would target it on. Yeah. I think if I think if you like the over, if you're going to bet the over in this game tonight, and at five and a half, if I see a five and a half, if it dips to five and a half somewhere before puck drop, I, I might have to bet it. A Early in game. Pinch. Or wait in game exactly uh, for a little bit five and a half with just I think the pace that we're going to see tonight uh, between uh, these two teams. But uh, um, yeah, five and a half I'd be a little bit interested. But uh, another thing to uh, keep in mind too is that uh, you look at it as well with this uh, total being six, you know, and uh, you, you could see an adjustment too uh, if this game does go over. Uh, and then you get back, as Alex said, to the under in the next game. So uh, keep that in mind. But yeah, at five and a half, I'd be just slightly a little bit interested in the over. But it's still six to the under pretty much at uh, every book right now. And again, five and a half, it's a perfect uh, opportunity to uh, maybe look for it live uh, during the uh, game. You know what I like tonight is that these are two guys that I've, I've been counted upon for Seattle this year uh, all season. They've been great. And they've been kind of quiet, especially the first two games in Denver. I think this is the night they make their mark again. You know the two guys. They've been just point machines, goal machines for Seattle. Jared McCann and Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn, the defenseman, and Jared McCann up front. I think it's their their night to finally step into the playoff spotlight here uh, and make an impact. So any props involving McCann and Dunn tonight, I, I do like uh, in this game. Wenberg and Tolvanen, if you're looking for a little value on the Seattle side. For Colorado, look, it's difficult to bet props on anybody to make an offensive impact other than you know mckinnon rantanen taves and mccarr right now and by the way devon taves uh continues to be extremely undervalued i think he's had a hell of a series and this guy in the with the islanders they thought he was just a defensive defenseman and what a friggin mistake that was and they traded him away because they felt they needed more offensive minded defensemen he goes to colorado he's been great offensively just like he's been great defensively as a blue liner so Devon Taves has been great. His point prop is a very reasonable minus 108 at FanDuel. I mean, how do you not bet that? He has just been, you know, he's been jump, he's been involved in a lot uh, of the uh, great chances and some of the goals here lately for the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, that continues to be just spectacular value for Devon Taves just to get a point at minus 108. Phenomenal. It's kind of like Bouchard for Edmonton, totally undervalued, you know, as far as his point prop right now. No question. All right, good stuff. Uh, that is the Saturday card. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Shout out to everyone watching live on YouTube, 212 live viewers. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And as well to our podcast listeners, a reminder, uh, check out patreon.com slash ice guys. Just $10 a month. Goalie charts, totals charts, uh, power ratings, a daily ice guys show betting card and bonus content. Uh, make sure you check it out. Patreon.com slash ice guys. Just $10 a month. Uh, check it out. Also, check out the Ice Guys store at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. What you should do today is go on the site, browse around, check out some of the new items we have, put it in your cart, and leave it there. Don't buy it today. Wait until tomorrow because tomorrow will start four days of 20% off everything at the Ice Guys store. So check out what you want now, buy it tomorrow, and uh, save yourself a little bit of cash in the, in the process. So iceguys.myspreadshop.com.
and a reminder to our next or our next Ice Guys Stanley Cup Playoffs Live Betcast, which will be our second Stanley Cup Playoffs Live Betcast this Tuesday night, April the 25th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Live betting and commentary. Myself, Alex B. Smith. We've got, of course, our viewers and listeners, as they always do, joining us uh, on the uh, Betcast. And if you want to join us uh, on the Betcast on Tuesday night, uh, DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com uh, to request a spot on the Betcast, and we'll send you the link for the Betcast prior to uh, it beginning uh, on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, we've got just a nice light as of right now. Uh, it is actually, there's just three games on uh, Tuesday night uh, Islanders Hurricanes game five, which we now know there will be uh, a game five with the uh, Islanders and Hurricanes on Tuesday night. Minnesota at Dallas. Uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, and obviously that series will obviously at least go uh, five games, so that one will take place. And, of course, Edmonton, L.A., also on uh, Tuesday night at uh, 9.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So those are the three games coming up Tuesday night uh, on the uh, Stanley Cup Playoffs Live Betcast. Islanders, Hurricanes, Wild Stars, and Oilers Kings. So uh, make sure you join us uh, on Tuesday night uh, for another Ice Guys Live Betcast. Uh, we're back to wrap with best bets coming right up right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS, that's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave, and you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner with the ball deodorant keep you smelling good looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions this complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you for all you guys out there and it's courtesy of our good friends at manscape.com so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time to put a wrap on this Saturday edition of the Ice Guys Playoff Edition with uh, Best Bets. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for Best Bet? Well, we're going to spend Saturday night in Manhattan. We're going to go with that Devils-Rangers game. Give me the New York Rangers team total over three and a half. Plus a dollar ten. Lindy Ruff is saying it's a game time decision who's going to go with the net, Vitek Manachek or Akira Schmid. Either way, I think we see a ton of goals here from the New York Rangers. I think that offense continues to click and, and dominate. The playoff experience is just too overwhelming. I think that home crowd now on top of it with the Rangers back uh, having a 2 0 lead, there's blood in the water and they definitely smell it. So we're going to go with the blue shirts. Team total over three and a half plus a dollar ten. That's my best bet for Saturday night. 
All right, there you go. New York Rangers team total over three and a half. And again, they've scored five uh, in each of the first uh, two games. So that duplicates itself. Uh, you'll be cashing that team total uh, in that game tonight. New York Rangers uh, team total over uh, three and a half for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. Uh, my best bet for this uh, Saturday slate, I'm going to go to Winnipeg. Uh, first game on the board, and I'm going to go Winnipeg, but specifically the first period uh, on the uh, Winnipeg Jets there. Uh, again, you can find that at around minus 110, uh, even money. I think the first period's the best look. I really do. I think uh, early in that game, off the 5-2 loss in Vegas uh, on uh, Thursday night, you're going to see the Jets uh, off to a good start. Uh, Connor Hellebuck's been absolutely phenomenal in these spots, off a loss in the playoffs, and especially one where he's given up four goals or more. Uh, in the previous game, I like the full game. I am on the full game as well, but I like the first period look and the first 20 minutes even more. So uh, Winnipeg Jets, a uh, minus 110 first period against the Vegas Golden Knights for uh, best bet for this Saturday NHL playoff card. All right, that'll wrap it up for this edition. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.